I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. To another edition of Supercoach Edge. Well, that's it, Liam. Season 2022 of Supercoach has come to a close. Thank God. It was filled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got in early there. Yes, thank God. It was filled with lows, mm. frustrations. Yep, we know that all too well. And dizzying highs we've written here in the run sheet, which uh, I guess I the last those. part there. No, I don't remember <laughs> those at all. They, they would have been nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is, it is what it is. But uh, now, of course, we are bringing the, uh, the episode, this episode, to you, the kind folk tuning mm. in. The episode finale, a couple of weeks later than we uh, would have liked, but we did need some time off, Liam, because mm. we both enjoyed uh, just over a week away. Uh, myself, I had a, a mini honeymoon away, um, whilst yourself, you had a, a nice little getaway with your fiancé to, um, I guess, in part, celebrate your uh, recent engagement as well. So mm. um, that and just just needing some time off as we all do. Um, and I think we both needed some time off, uh, not, not so much from, from our daily jobs and stuff, but also from super coach, I think, cause it is such a draining, mentally draining thing, isn't it? It is. Um, but, uh, I've gone from, from my wedding to, uh, to Carlton losing in spectacular fashion the day after, mind you. So it was, uh, uh, so I guess in that sense, I went from the dizzying highs of a wedding. Yeah, you went, yeah, you, uh, yeah, you get it, you get it. <laughs> to the lowest of lows with, with the frustration that I was mentioning uh, from the get-go get there. Um, to then, again, it was being elevated because our wedding entrance video, which uh, you kindly filmed uh, on, the, uh, on the day or the night of, of yes. the wedding, uh, that video went viral of us running through our, um, our banner that we made. Uh, so they went viral on AFL socials and we we're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And uh, as soon as the, the siren sounded in the Carlton Collingwood game, first thought was, oh shit, like we're <laughs> not going to make finals. Second thought was, oh shit, we're going to get like 
so many trolls trolling us yeah. on, on AFL socials. Um, and then it was also, oh, God, we may make mix multi on front bar, which ended up happening, of course, and took the uh, absolute Did. piss out of us, which was, uh, which was fine. That's, that's all good. Um, then we featured on Channel 9 News, and then we uh, got asked back by the front bar to feature as, uh, as I guess, on a, on a bit of a guest spot, which was interesting in recent days. So after all that, just I am so mentally dry. So I don't know about you, but I need another holiday after the holiday. Yes, yes. Well, first off, yeah, congratulations to yourself, David, and, and to Ash as well, obviously. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like after that super coach season and, and whatnot, definitely need another break. And yep. I mean, I reckon that's the only thing that was in don't call don't tell Kane Corns, but it was probably the only successful part of my preseason my season was uh organizing the uh organizing the uh after preseason uh getaway. Uh it's probably true though. Like, I totally agree because maybe uh, and you gotta look at a glass half full situation with, with a lot of things in life. Yes. Otherwise you just go go mad. And I like to think that Carlton lost so that I wouldn't have you know, going through an elimination final on my mind straight off mm. coming off a, off a holiday. Yeah. So I think they kind of did us a favor there. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to run with that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Glass half full. Yeah, exactly. That's the way you got to roll in life and super coach. But uh, now we are of course brought to you by our good friends at uh, Manscaped. So if you've let yourself go over the super coach season and uh, a lot of us, a lot of us have, I imagine, because uh, it takes a lot of brain power to, uh, mm-hmm. to function at, uh, sort of the, the highest capacity from week to week. But now, of course, you have some spare time on your hands. So get to it. Start grooming. And in order to do that, look no further. Isn't that right, Liam? Yes. Um, yeah, that, that is that is absolutely correct. Manscaped are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers, offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently, Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the performance package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EDGE at manscaped.com. That yes, is a lot of, EDGE. Yes, that is EDGE. A lot of repetition in this uh, this read. And I think it's just yeah. to pad it out so we hit the uh, the one-minute quota. But like you mentioned, <laughs> Liam, as part of the partnership, you, the good folk of Supercoach EDGE, get access to 20% off and the free shipping with the code EDGE at manscaped.com. Yes. And as they say, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, mm. Liam, it's with a mixture of sadness and, I guess, relief, uh, yes, on relief on both of our parts that we bring you, for the last time in 2022, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yes, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. We run through a quick recap of how our, I want to say respective weeks, but it's a couple of weeks ago now, yep. uh, how our last round went um, and <laughs> for both the good and bad reasons. And we'll, we'll pluck out some players that are that are performed or, or didn't perform, I guess. Uh, and I'm kicking off this week because I did come up trumps by three points. Mm. Mm. Three points. It wasn't the thousand. I didn't make up the thousand. Whatever I needed. <laughs> oh damn it! You've uh, you've already dashed the uh, the gag. That was going to oh, be you. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's very true though. I was holding out hope. It could have happened. I was holding out hope as well. I was just hoping that you know, with wedding wedding prep, you were just. <laughs> I don't know. 
traded out all your players despite the fact you had no trades uh, just for for non-playing players, but it it didn't happen. Or had 21 donuts potentially. (laughs) (laughs) You could have made it up then. Could have got me. At least suspected it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when you least suspected it. Uh, Look, I was happy with my score. 23-63, not too bad. Uh, Means that I finished my overall ranking in the 17,299th spot, which... Yeah, I'm not happy with. I'm gonna be happy. <laughs> happy with my score from last week, but not happy with my overall ranking. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll touch on it a bit later. Um, I think it was a, a season of sliding doors moments. Uh, some of them, things that I had control over. Some of them that I didn't. Uh, but we'll touch on mm. that later. As we all know, I had no trades left, so there was no trades made. But let's let's move on. Let's get into the good. Let's be positive. So yeah. for my good, I've I've actually gone with Will Brody. Uh, pulled out a massive 133 in the final round. But I also, I want to give him the plaudits uh, for his season-long effort. Yes. Just well done. Well done. That's, I, I wanted, I don't think I've ever had him in my good, so I wanted to have him in my good this week uh, for his for his season-long efforts, as I mentioned. Um, mm. So just nice oh. way to go out. Anyway, on the bad, Jordan Dawson, uh, score of 74 in the showdown. Wasn't quite what I was hoping for. It was actually his lowest score for the season as well. Ooh. And that probably annoys me a little bit more because as, as, as I mentioned, we only went down to you by three points. So for him to, to pull yeah. out his lowest score of the season, just not good. And as we'll touch on a bit later, we'll find out whether it affected, uh, whether it had any effect in the, uh, oh, in the yes. consolation cup or the Ooh. participation plate. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Mm, uh, yeah. Call it, You know what you can call him Dawson going into next year, even though it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a negative nickname. Call him the difference because I think he was the difference, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was really. And a couple of couple of fronts potentially, but uh, yeah. in in our matchup, he was most definitely. Mm, yeah, it's quite frustrating. Mm. Anyway, on to the ugly. And now in the ugly, and it does pain me to say it because I, I do do love this player, and it is Jordan Ridley. Mm. Held him all season, and there was some there was some lows with just missing games due to illness and then COVID and all those fun things. Um, but a score of 64 was the lowest on my field from uh, roughly, I want to call it a, 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 um, a, a primo. Uh, and again, I think, you know what, I, I book, I, I book, I'm going to bookend this. It's also for his season long performance. He never really hit the heights that I think he could have and ended up with a, an average of just 91.6, which frankly, I don't think was good enough. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's virtually, I think he's your equivalent of a Jack Crisp that I've got. Yeah. Probably yeah. not as bad as Crispy. I don't know. I, I haven't had a deep dive into, into Ridley scores over the course of the season, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's very much the shell of the player that he was last year. Ridley, wasn't he? He's just, yeah. He was a reliable scorer. He was a bit of a yeah. seagull at a defense. Yeah. And um, yeah, for a multitude of reasons, like he battled with injury. Redmond, obviously, as well, uh, would have played a part. Um, sort of seagulling his scores um, or leeching points off him. So yeah, but unfortunate, isn't it? Unfortunate, but uh, yes, mm. unfortunately. Sorry, Rids. Yeah. But you are uh, in the ugly this week. On to my score. My, uh, the, the, final, uh, the final curtain, I guess, on my season. <laughs> And I ended up scoring, yes, Slim. So I ended up just just sneaking away with the win. You probably deserved it because, as you said, a bit of hard luck there with uh, Jordan Dawson and he was the difference, no doubt about it. 
Uh, I ended up scoring 2,366. And my overall ranking, and I only just had a quick look at this comparing to last year. So I ended up finishing with 3,757th overall. Yes. And beat my 2021 rank. So this is a positive, albeit slightly. I beat it by 56 spots. <laughs> <laughs> but the most annoying thing is, and there's a bit of a, a, bit of a trend here. Um, so in the last six rounds of, actually the last five rounds of 2021, I stagnated, whereas, whereas the weeks prior to that, I was actually building and making ground. And I stagnated and fell back. This season, the exact same thing happened. I was building, oh, wow. building, building, but not as bad. It was the last three weeks of the season. I was building and then fell away. So yeah. I'm not too sure what the go is there to arrest it. But um, I mean, the, the common trend is both times I was out of trades. But there's one guy who is featuring in my ugly. You can probably guess who it is that's uh, played a big part. That is one thing. My one big takeaway in the deep dive of my team and uh, in analyzing it. But on a positive front, on the cash league front, I ended up winning one of my three grand finals. So uh, not too bad. Yeah, so I'm happy good. at least... I come away with uh, at least one flag uh, with uh, obviously the top prize money in that league and some runner-up prize money as well in those two other grand final um, leagues that or grand finals that I ended up uh, finishing a runner-up in and one of which uh, was my own cash league and was unfortunate um, that I didn't come away with win there. But also a nice cheer on top to win, must mention, a season-long Head-to-head matchup bet with uh, it's a common trend now with uh, a guy that uh, is a big fan of the show and it he is. goes by the yep. name JP, not the JP that ended up winning Supercoach overall. This is another guy JP who's been a long-time fan and listener and uh, viewer of us. So um, thanks again for the matchup JP. And I ended up, I think at one stage there I was behind in our head-to-head weekly matchups. He was ahead. By, I think it was about six or seven wins. And I ended up like just coming from the clouds, which I predicted always happens. It's the, uh, <laughs> I always say to him, it's the, it's the case of the, um, uh, the tortoise and the hare. And he's very much the hare. He starts like a house on fire. And I just, I know it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I uh, ended up coming back and claiming victory there in the, both the head to heads and the overall rank. So I was happy with that as well. But moving on, uh, trades here, yeah, good gag, none. So I didn't make any. Um, on to the good straight away. Must mention, I don't think I've maybe mentioned this bloke once through the year, but uh, Sam Doherty, tip of the cap and uh, quite fitting because it was top scoring in my team with 138, but we all know the adversity he had to over- overcome in making his uh, return to footy and to do so as early as he did is uh, absolutely awesome. So Finley tapes, takes the top honours here for me. On to the bad, well, uh, Marshall. He was a saver over the past few weeks since I traded him in and he was ultimately my undoing, unfortunately, in one of my cash league grand finals, delivering a 64, which was 51 points below projection. So he was very much the difference in my team, much like Dawson was in yours, Liam. Mm -hmm. And he actually sunk me to a 10-point defeat in one of those grand finals after what I guess looked like early on, uh, like an easy grand final win. So was a bit unfortunate there, but I can't really complain too much though, as it was his 173 in round 20 that helped me hang <laughs> on to eighth spot in my own cash league, which um, I guess led me to uh, to the grand final in my own league. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was hard because at least a half decent score from him would have helped me potentially win in my own league mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, a bit of an each way bet there from uh, from Marshall, but um, oh well, it is what it is. Moving on to ugly and um, 
it's fitting also. Fitting to finish the season with a player who is featured in the ugly category more than any other. And it probably comes down to two guys. And you'd probably say that uh, Jaden Short, he came good. A couple of couple of tons to finish the season. But the other bloke, Jack Crisp. I'm going to call him Jack Soggy. He was absolute <laughs> shite. Finished the season with his second lowest score of the season with 61. And a poor run that featured only one ton in his last nine games. Now, mm. he was he was starting in my team as a primo and was anything but. But I guess if there's a silver lining, it's that he most definitely won't be in my starting team for 2023. So thanks, but no thanks, Jack, Jack Crisp. You've, uh, you've done your dash there, mate, um, like you did with many other people um, who started him in their teams. But oh well, what will be will be. But let's check in on our usual head-to-head for the final time as we, uh, I guess, we both finished with... Um, in our head-to-heads, I finished on 16 wins, seven losses. Very nice. And uh, you finished with, of course, the seven losses and six, sorry, seven wins, 16 losses. And the differential was 1,093. So whilst you weren't able to peg back that 1,090 right. points differential, which I must add was a surprise to many, no doubt, <laughs> the differential only increased the three points on last week. So... You know, it was a nail-biter to finish off the season. Mm. So at least, you know, uh, gave gave the punters something to, um, to <laughs> if oh, anyone was watching, yeah. <laughs> which no one would have. If, if we were actually playing a, an actual game, we would probably have an attendance equivalent of, say, like a North Melbourne v Gold Coast at Marvel Stadium. Um, it was a bit of a non-event, but um, put on a show. What are you talking about? For the tarps that would have. Absolute, that's an absolute <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> Put on a show for the tops that would have covered the seats. Get on a Friday night, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I tried. Yeah, I tried. I tried. To get it. <laughs> yeah, you did well. But well done. Well done. You 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 absolutely killed it this season. I must say, uh, sixteen yeah. wins uh, to my seven. Very very nice. Uh, but let, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, while we normally would deliver the week that was. In our usual second segment, given that it was uh, the last step for the season, we're going to look back at the season as a whole and deliver the season that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. In the season that was, uh, we're going to reflect on what helped make or break our seasons. But first up, let's uh, start with the positives as we look back at this positives, as we look back at our Apparently. top three best moves. And Damon, I'm going to handball it over to you because I'm sure you've got plenty. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so many positives. So many. Actually, yeah. Well, I can't be too down because, um, yeah, like my ranking, as I said, it was a little bit better than last year. So not all bad, but the yeah. three best uh, I guess moves um, in this case, the first, and I don't know if it's in any particular order. I'd probably say, yeah, maybe say this is the best move of the lot. And it was nabbing Himmelberg in round 14, um, just because purely it was the biggest, you know, high risk, high reward masterstroke yeah. that came off. And I know you, uh, you nabbed him as well. So I'd be interested to see if you have him in yours, Liam. But at the time he came off the back of two monster scores and there was still you know, major concerns that new Giants coach McVay would swing him forward and, you know, his scoring would dry up. Um, but outside of that, he was still a pod. And that was the other sort of, you know, I guess, um, attractive part of bringing him in. And thankfully, he went from strength to strength and 
you know, in the time in my team, raised his average to 90 and scored a ton in six of 10 games. And, and I guess nearly eight of 10 games, you know, his scoring floor was that high with a couple of games yeah. there where he was 96, 98 or thereabouts. So was really, really uh, nice service in my team. The second best move uh, and probably equal first maybe because it was back in round 10 that I brought in the Dynamo that was uh, Rory Laird when Steele went down with injury. And I was able to enjoy 12 of 13 tons. So in those thir- so 12 of 13 games, tons. And not just, you know, any, you know, dribble across the line, 101, 102 <laughs> point games. Nine of those were captaincy scores of 125 plus. And I didn't go through and have a look, but I probably should have. There would have been, I reckon, uh, probably seven of those nine would have been captaincy games. You know, yeah. I think there was a consecutive yeah. run there where it was just like, yeah, yeah it was huge. We'll just leave the captaincy on him. We both did it um, because he was just in a hot run of form and couldn't look elsewhere. Didn't need to. Um, but the best part of bringing Laird in in round 10, because um, there's layers to this as to why it was such a good move, was Laird was only in 1.5% of teams at that stage. Mm-hmm. So it was a massive primo pod uh, and you know, ultimately helped me cr- climb the ranks after the slow start to the season. And uh, looking back over the you know the ranking climb that I had, over that part of the year. And he was a big, big reason as to why I jumped. I think it was from round 10. I blew out to my worst ranking of 14,089. And then coming out of the buys, um, I was down to 5,640. So as a big takeaway, I guess, you know, reflecting back on my year, I'm going to try and target those primo or, you know, the pod primos because they yeah. set you apart from the rest of the competition. Yep. You know they're going to have a high floor, high ceiling. Target those guys, and that's a way to really make up the ground. And we spoke to Abdul with Abs Magic, and he highlighted that move as well as a big part of the reason as to why he was catapulted, you know, as high as yeah. he did early on. So, um, yeah, big takeaway there. So tip of the cap to you there, big Rory squared, Rory Laird. <laughs> uh, so the third Best move for me was trading in Brody mm. in round two, which I guess is you know probably the next most notable. But every man and his dog did that also. They didn't start him. So apart from him, I'm going to give it to trading in of Sinclair also in that same round, round 10, where I traded in Laird. So that was a boom week for me, um, bringing both of those guys. And I brought in Sinclair at the expense of Whitfield, who, as we know, he had like a mystery injury at that stage. I think it turned out to be his ankle heading into the, um, to the giants by. So it was a bit of a blessing in disguise there. And Sinclair went on to ton up in 12 of 13 games to become one of my more reliable scorers from week to week. And I think he ended up being the top scoring defender of 2022. So um, quite happy with that also. So it was between him and Dawson and um, it was neck and neck for most of the season. And I think, yeah, Sinclair ended up having the, uh, getting the chocolates there in that, yes. uh, that matchup. What about yourself, Liam? Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> they were few and far between in my side this year. <laughs> uh, but there were a couple. There were a couple, and I'll I'll run through them. Uh, first one, I'm going to make it sort of a double. Uh, Himmelberg, because they're both featured in yours. Uh, Himmelberg, uh, probably my favourite move for the year. Um, like yourself, David, brought him in on the back of a, a role change and is one, I think, also to consider next year mm. uh, as he should maintain some juicy forward and defender status and technically be underpriced for his average um, yeah. 
due to his average uh, because obviously his early scores were as a forward. Uh, so if he does remain in defence, uh, he's one to watch. So just watch that role in the preseason. Uh, the other one that I'm going to get for my two for one quickly is uh, Rory Laird as well. Yep. Absolute gun. I think brought him in around the same time as you. I think it was when Steele yeah. went down. Um, so yeah, went from strength to strength. Um, absolutely loved his work and can't imagine what my season would have been like had I had I not gone for him. Uh, moving on to my second option, and that was actually holding... Stephen Canillo. Mm, yes. Probably another move that, that had that high risk, high reward status, uh, but luckily did pump out that high reward. Uh, so many jumped off him due to his high break even. After a score of just 37, uh, I think that was, was that in, that was in Leon Cameron's last game, I think, that 37. Yeah. Uh, but as he was swung into the midfield by McVeigh and started playing shockingly in his natural position, <laughs> He flourished with a score of 140, which was, I think, just like, it was like seven points off his break even or something. So many yep. people jumped off him because they were like, oh, he's going to bleed cash. Yep. Bumped out that 140 and he ended up dropping just 2.7K. Um, I think he was projected to lose like 50K or something. Yeah. And he ended up losing 2.7. So that was nice. Uh, and then from that point on, he actually dropped below 100 just three times in 12 rounds. Uh, and that low score was a 71. And then wow. prior to that point of the season, so prior to that 140, he had turned up only twice from nine games. So just shows how much his role change really affected his, you know, his scoring, but also shows that sometimes you've got to take the risk to uh, just, you know, sometimes it is worth holding mm. a player that's that's underperforming because it did mean that I, I think it was like 20, 30% dropped out, dropped, yep. traded him out in, in that round. Um, and obviously missed out on on some some decent scoring um, after that. Just having a quick look at his um at his ownership, and you're right, a jump. Uh, sorry, it dropped from seventy three point nine to fifty nine point six, and then it fluctuated. It went back up to sixty percent after the one forty, and people were like, oh yeah, yeah, and then it dropped down again after he scored the eighty five in that round eleven game, and then he scored one seventy four, one thirteen, and went on that that ton run virtually until the end of the year, and. Uh, dropped, went up to 61% and then ended up dropping down to 58%. So, yeah, I think a lot of people just were like, oh, stuff it. He's, he's out of reach now. Like people spent the cash that they would have used to bring him back in yeah. or they just ultimately ran out of trades. But you're totally right there that you almost need to back in guys to an extent. And there's a guy that I'll be talking about in terms of my worst moves where I should have done the same thing with Cogs because I ended up keeping Cogs as well, like yourself. And it was definitely a masterstroke. And it's one thing that I actually forgot about because it helped helped us hold ground or at least make ground, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think at that stage of the season, um, I think it was an important move. Like mm. it was a move that he, we all thought he could be a top six uh, forward potentially. Um, I don't think he ended up making it in the end, no. probably due to those 37s and some of those lower scores yep. in the first part of the season. But had he played the whole season as a, as a dedicated mid, he really, I mean, he probably would have ended up as a, as a top, uh, top six forward. Um, so yeah, it's crazy really. Um, and does show sometimes you need to back them in. Um, especially if there's a reason to reason to believe, um, I guess, uh, moving on to my third positive and it was starting, starting, uh, Georgie boy Hewitt. 
ended up being one of my favorite players early on, uh, obviously before injury stuck and we saw him miss weeks, I think in the middle of the season. And then again, obviously that, that long layoff at the end of the season, uh, but his price rise of 137.1 K and his high floor. And I actually didn't realize this. He actually only scored below 103 times with, and his lowest score was an 87, uh, a 94 and 97. So not bad, not bad. Uh, just when he was consistent performer, especially in my team, which was full of chumps at, at, at many times. So that's what I needed, which is someone with a, with a high floor um, and just, yeah, would consistently pump out a decent score. So chumpy, so chumpy. You could carve it. What is it? Get the to chat about them soon. <laughs> the uh, chum and dog food. So oh, chunky, yep, yep. you could carve it. That's your team. <laughs> All right. I'll have to change it to next year. Change my team name. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to call it? The, the champions instead of yeah, the champions. Yeah, the champions. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. it'll work. <laughs> We're going, rolling along with your uh, your play on words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our top three worst moves. And geez, we could uh, roll out a list. We could do dedicate an entire episode to this, I reckon. Mm. Um, but uh, in terms of my top three or bottom three, I don't know which way you want to look at it. Worst moves. So number one takes the cake here. And there's a guy every year that turns his form around the exact moment you trade them out. And like I mentioned with Canilio, that would have happened with a lot of people mm. that did trade him out. But this year for me, it was Zach Butters. Oh, it was a guy that, that, that I really enjoyed starting. And I thought he's going to turn it around because not only did I start with him, I persisted with him up until round nine. And believe it or not, he actually bottomed out at that stage at 421.4K. <laughs> Following scores, and it was justified, following scores of 58, yeah. 57, he busted at a 130, and I thought, wow, here we go. He's back with a vengeance. But no, he went to shit again. 58, it's got an 89, not too bad, but then shit again, 52. And I'm like, I can't keep persisting with a guy that's going to you know, have mm. a, such a massive standard deviation across the course of the season. He's going to yeah. kill me in head-to-head matchups, all that sort of stuff. Well, the minute I traded him out, from then onwards, he scored three consecutive tons, just to rub it in. And he had a strong finish to the season of five tons in his last five games, lifting his average from 86 across that, that stage from when I traded him out to 96. And he finished with a price of 545.5 thousand. So that's a whopping 124.1K more than what I sold him for. That just mm. tells a tale there, right there. It does. Oh, it just hurts so much. Like just to see him score as well as he did. And you hate to be that that what do they call it the short short Chardon fraud, like yeah, taking yeah. fortune out of the misfortune of others. When he went down with injury, and you hate to see any player get injured, but when he went down with injury, and it wasn't a major injury, I thought, oh, okay, that's that's maybe saved me because the silver lining is he was going to get injured if I kept him. But then he made a miraculous return off. I think it was a knee injury that he had, yeah. and he like spent a week out, and then he came back, and I was like, oh, geez. So it just got worse and worse for me, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do it again. I'm gonna I'm gonna start him next year. I think <laughs> I'm just a, a glutton for punishment. I think I know the feeling. I traded him out earlier. I think I traded him out the week before his 130. Off oh, memory. Oh yeah, I you traded, I traded him out. Him out. Yeah. I traded him out a bit earlier than you, and I remember he had a he had a few down scores, and then I think he had a good score the week that I traded him out. But I can't remember who I traded him. Too, so it might have. I remember not being too concerned about it 
because I think he might have scored roughly the same as what I traded him. So it was, it was only really the cost of a trade. And then he yeah. went back to those 58, 52. And then I was like, oh, it's fine. But obviously he didn't look at his his end to the season. So that does hurt a little bit as well for me too. Mm. I actually forgot all about it. I pushed it out of my uh, memory mm. for, for good reason due to um, PTSD. And delving back into his, uh, his scoring, it's dredged up the past. And um, uh, much like Whitfield, who every year I say I'm not going to start, I'll probably end up starting Butters again. Jaden Short as well. Oh, Jaden Short. Jesus. Yeah, he's he's almost out of my side. But luckily for him, he doesn't feature in my top three worst moves or non-moves. Because in the second spot for the top three worst moves, it was trading Dacos in round nine for a price of 381.6K. What? At the time, I thought, not too bad. He's probably maxed out as a cash cow. Much like a lot of others, I think, pulled the trigger around about the same time, given his yeah. scoring was looking to nosedive. And there were also whispers from McRae that he could be rested across the buys. Well, the opposite occurred. He played the entire season and finished with an average of 91.3 with some super high scoring across the journey, which included scores of 129, 143, and 163. Oh, and his price maxed out, by the way. At 562k at one stage, wowzers! That's like 180k yeah. more than what I sold him for. Oh, yeah, that was nuts. That I remember. I I think I held him a week or two longer than you did, and he got decent enough scores. But then I traded him out, and it was on his buy. And yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, you, you can. It's like the tightrope that you kind of you're balanced on. It's like if you're holding rookie for too long, chances are they could lose cash and other people that have traded him out before you have more cash than you to spend. Or do you hold on in the hope that they somehow turn around their average? And I think at that stage as well, like his scoring was kind of on par with his average. Yeah. So all the data was saying that he wasn't going to keep it up and he just, he just went to the moon. Absolutely to the moon, just rocketed. But unfortunate there. But in third spot, uh, and I should I should probably swap this around. I should probably put this in second spot and Dakes to third spot because I also have the recruitment of Liam Baker in round 16, which was one of the worst trade-ins all season, even though it was late in the piece. But much like the questions surrounding Himmelberg, he was high risk, high reward, giving questions over his starting position mm. as Richmond's, I guess you could call him Swiss army knife playing multiple positions. But at this stage, he was coming off stellar form in the middle with tons in four of his five previous games and presented as a potential lethal pod in just 2.2% of teams. So much like, I guess you could call him a reverse butters in my case, from the moment he was in my (laughs) side, he failed to score a ton in his remaining eight games of the year. But I guess the saving grace for me was I bit the bullet and traded him to Marshall after just four weeks in my team to limit the damage. And I was lucky that I actually had a trade to do it. Yeah. And I think that ended up being my last trade of the year, uh, which I used to Marshall. So yeah, it's just, it was a bit of a waste, waste of trade. So late in the piece, uh, which I could have used to bring in, I think it was a Libra, I think at one stage and I bypassed Libra um, because it was going to cost me two trades and yeah, ended up, bringing in Baker and then Marshall ultimately. But yeah, not the best way to end the season. And probably part of the reason as to why my ranking, as I referred to earlier, started to nosedive. But Liam, yep. on to you. What about your worst moves? Yeah, there's a few. There's a few. <laughs> I feel like there's more worst moves than best moves. Um, yep. But 
I think I'm actually going to look at it a bit differently. I'm going to look at it more as the sliding doors moments. Yep. Um, because there was a, as I said, there was a few and there's, uh, you just sit back and you think, what could have been had I, had I either trusted my gut or had I, had I done the the, the opposite of what I'd, what I'd planned. Mm. Um, so I'm going to kick off with, with a, a first, the first of the season it was actually starting Jordan Ridley. Um, so uh, he, he featured in my, uh, my ugly earlier. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. So I, I brought him in thinking the recruitment of Jake Kelly at the Bombers um, was going to, you know, free up Ridley a bit more. He's not going to have to worry too much about playing lockdown or not that he was really playing as a lockdown defender, but it really just meant that he wasn't going to have to, he could play more intercept and a little bit more loose. Um, wasn't going to have to play on, on a small uh, Ridley's, you know, Ridley's high scoring would then be a feature of the season, obviously playing that intercept role, taking kickouts, but I mean, Jay Kelly didn't help him that much. Uh, and realistically, a lack of defensive transition uh, mm. meant the Don's backline was basically a sieve. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give a pass to the defenders because I really think it was the forwards and midfield issue um, as opposed to the defenders. Um, so I think that really did affect Ridley's um oh. scoring ability um across the season. But the sliding doors moment here was the fact that I didn't start James Sicily as a result. So it, it wasn't necessarily a, will I pick Ridley or will I pick Sicily? It was actually, would I pick Ridley or would I pick Crisp? So realistically, they sort of cancelled each other out. Uh, but yeah. I didn't start Sicily because I opted for George Hewitt, which which was good. Uh, but I was actually concerned about having two players priced around that 400 to 450 mark. Um, I just felt like it was too many. But realistically, I should have probably backed myself in, dropped Ridley down to Sicily, save some, save some cash, used it somewhere else and uh, started the season well and saved myself some trades. So I did <laughs> yeah. end up bringing in Sicily later on. Uh, yeah. On to my second one. And this was bringing in my boy, Darcy Parrish. Mm. Sad. I, I, I'm going to give myself a pass on this yeah, one. It wasn't not my fault. fault. Uh, in fairness, uh, this was a curse of the Supercoach gods as opposed to a, a dumb move of mine. Uh, I did trade him in um, for going the option of Zeret, who I will touch on in a second as the sliding doors moment, uh, only for Parrish to injure his calf and be subbed out of the game for a score of 51. He then missed the next two games, uh, which during which I did hold him, uh, for him to return in round 16 to a score of 112, and then he re-injured himself. And... <laughs> So realistically, got got a lovely what one sixty three out of him uh, in total. But I, I yeah, so I, the, the sliding doors moment here was instead I could have gone for Merritt, who was hundred k cheaper, so it would have given me plenty of cash in the bank, mm. uh, but also would have saved myself a trade because I wouldn't have had to trade Zerat out. Uh, but I also would have seen scores of from the point that I traded in. Would have traded him in 90, 91, 111, 140, 147, 136, 130, 140, 71, 73, and 150 Jeez. in Parish's place. So it was yet another sliding doors moment there. Oh. Jeez, that's that's super rough. But yeah, with, with that, that was, one, like you said, that's that that's out of your control though, like in terms yeah, of Yeah. That's that is that is a classic sliding doors moment because it's like one of those things where one sort of impacted the other like the you know the loss of parish obviously opened up you know you know uh, i guess points to be had in the midfield which yep. merit just gobbled up and it's just it so happens to be 
the two guys that you were thinking of bringing in, like yeah, <laughs> one one went out, the other one like benefited from it. Like it wasn't as if yeah. like it was par- between Parish and say a Walsh, for example. Like it just yeah, that's super unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. But the final sliding doors moment, and like you, Damon, it was Liam Baker, but. Mm. This one hurts the most, I think, because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who I who I was considering Ooh. at the time. Oh no, here we go. Yeah. I was tempted, as you were, Damon, by his role and his scoring. Before bringing him in, like yourself, in round 16, he had scored three tons in his last four games. From then on, he failed to score above 90. Thank you, thank you, Bakes. Mm. Uh, in that same week, I was considering two other players. Uh, one one would have been probably a worse trade than Baker, so thankfully didn't go that route. Uh, but the other one uh, would have been would have been so lovely. Uh, I, I think I actually was considering. About. I know you're sorry, talking about. There was a about. third one. There was one that one was Libba, which would have worked out well. But I think oh, yeah. there was an issue with cash. It would have left me with very little cash, and I knew that I needed cash for the weeks coming yep. after that. So there was a reason I didn't do it, but. Um, yeah, Libba was one to consider. Uh, but the first one was actually Isaac Rankine. Uh, likewise, at that point of the season, it scored 94, 93, 89, 88, 102, 101, and 95, leading into round 16. So nice little run there, especially for a, for a forward. Um, admittedly, he then scored a 110 in round 16 before spudding it up and injuring himself and missing plenty of games. So I guess in that sense, Baker was a better option than him. But the one that, that really gets me, is that I could have traded in your burn man, Damon, Connor Rosie. Mm, I was, I don't think I've been so forward in uh, I'm saying this, but because it pains me to say, I was, I actually did look at him fleetingly yeah, at that same I stage. Him, I looked at him more than fleetingly, but Baker just presented. Well. Yeah, it yeah. Did, yeah. In, in Baker like presented side, so better well. Side, better yeah. side, Richmond, like, you know, they were flying at that stage. Yeah. Um, good draw as well. Like he was facing West Coast, and Gold Coast, yeah. and a few other teams, North Melbourne. So it looked like the stars were aligning. Whereas like Rosie playing in a port side, there's no guarantee that he's going to get midfield minutes. And he was starting to get midfield minutes. But yeah, it was one of those things where for me, it was double layered because I was like, he's going to burn me as soon as I bring him in. Yeah. I could see it happening. But yeah, you, that was what happened. What happened, Liam? You, you tell the well, tale. Yeah. From that point in round 16, when I, when I would have traded him in, uh, he scored a 98. 154, 116, 91, 119, 67, 76, and a 162 to finish the season. <laughs> so, yeah, it would have been – I reckon that 162 was was bigger than all of Baker's scores added up <laughs> in the final round. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was turned off by your past experience, I must admit. Not, not yep. that I'm blaming you there, but – You can. I, I could have – no, no, not that I would have been <laughs> – Blaming you, but I would have heard your voice being like Liam, 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 Liam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam, Judging you quietly. On. Yeah, it's kind of. I would have, I would have judged you. To He's bring a bad man. You know it. <laughs> yeah, but but and also um, I must thank you in not bringing him in because if you brought him in and benefited from those scores, you probably would have knocked me off a few of those weeks there in our head to head. No yeah. doubt about it. Like considering how close some of those matches were, and you could have made up the a thousand and ninety differential. Oh, Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah. It was, I think based off that, it just, it was the whole season felt like a season that could have been yeah. like, it was a season that week on, like I look at all the trades that I made and I don't think there was other than Baker. I don't think there was too many that I was annoyed about. No, uh, Probably Sicily, uh, sorry, uh, Ridley to start the season 
but a lot of them just ended up being injuries that caused more issues um, as opposed to, to the trades that I was really annoyed or bad, like ones that I I wasn't happy with, if that makes yeah. sense. Well, just having a quick look through, like I reckon there's there's so many trades that we wasted, I'm going to say wasted, on like the ruck position, for example. Like, yeah, it's a good I've point. One for Hayes, one for Cherry, one for Grundy, one for Dixon, uh, obviously DPP players. Um, so it's, what's that, four? Um, and we've got Hayes again out. So I traded him in, traded him out. Um, both Hayes, Port and St Kilda. Proust out and then uh, Gorn out, English in, English out. Yeah. I reckon there's about seven or eight trades there, which are just purely on rucks alone. It's just like injuries derail a lot of our plans, I think. Um, and you could probably, if I go through and do a deep dive, I reckon it's like those points there. And remembering back to those moments as well, those weeks, it would have like scuttled plans that I had laid out to like bring guys in, which I'd had to shelve in order to like trade out these injured ruckmen and like yeah. injured players across the journey. More so yourself, Liam, because you absolutely got pummeled by the Supercoach yeah. gods. Oh, I'm looking back at the numbers. I think it was 13 <sighs> trades ju- just to injuries. Jesus Christ. It was, yeah, 13 or 14. And then there was like the players like Hewitt, who was injured early in the season and then obviously late in the season uh, that I had to hold. Ridley, who missed a couple of weeks. Parrish, who I had to hold through a couple of weeks. Um, Oliver, um, Parrish, Nank. I think had some issues at one stage. Um, yeah, it was just like a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of issues. <laughs> do, do you think that, like, what what do you think what what would be the one trade in or trade out or non trade that is the most defining for you? Mm. For 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 me, I'm just going to say this probably just more so as a bit of a gag, but a guy that we had collectively and we wanted to hold on for the whole year. And he actually busted out some really nice scores in the back end of the year, which kind of tells the tale as to our fortunes. Can you guess who it is? It was a rookie. Uh, was it bloody McDonald? It was McDonald. <laughs> <sighs> I traded, him out, him. traded him out in round 16, I did, off the back of a 46. And then he went on to score 56, 71, 72, 70, like higher scores. Like he'd never scored in the 70s prior yeah. to that. Like during weeks that, that we had injured players and stuff, we had to rely on bench players. He would have been handy. So it's like yeah. even the smallest of things like that, which, you know, when you're talking sliding doors moments, they just sum up the season yeah. really and fortunes. Yeah. But I think in your case, Liam, you're well overdue for some good luck. So I am, I'm just going to follow your lead next year. Whatever move you make, I'm going to follow you because. Don't do it. It's a risk. <laughs> it's a risk. You can, you it's can a s- risk. The, the super coach guards are going to come for you. You can start. I don't know what the- I did to them. Yeah, I know exactly right. <laughs> smashed every mirror in sight, like a million years of bad luck. Like you could start every burn, man. You could start Rosie. You could start Butters. You could start Whitfield. You could start even Crisp, Short. Like all these guys are going to ton up. The back line will be week after crisp, week. Crisp, Short, Baker. Get Baker oh, in there. Jeez. Yeah, somehow. Start him, start him next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, you're well overdue, Liam. But uh, you, you, I think, had the worst luck, well and truly hands down, out of both of us. So I can... Be thankful in in uh, my case there at least, but yeah, it really was as you said a season of what could have been. Yeah. So after that massive confessional limb, let's uh, let's step out of the uh, the confessional out of the box there. Um, <laughs> say you know 
five Hail Marys and cleanse our soul, our super coach soul of all that uh, badness. Yeah. Because now it's time to start looking forward as we identify, or at least try to identify some players that have caught our eye over the course of the year and mm. may earn a starting spot for our team for season 2023. So let us gaze into our patented super coach edge <laughs> crystal ball with our next segment, the crystal ball. So, such an original name, wasn't it? Yeah, it's great. I <laughs> uh, couldn't think of anything else. I was like, just crystal ball. The mm. crystal ball. So, here we'll break it down into, uh, I guess, those players on our radar in each position. But, of course, there may be players who lose or gain DPP status, much yeah. like Laird did, being only a midfielder only in 2022. And price points, of course, that are either higher or lower than expected given to certain players. So it's really hard to make a definitive call this far out, but we'll do it as a bit of a, a bit of fun for those of you tuning in. So uh, there's going to be a lot of crossover here in both of our teams, yeah. I think, Liam. Uh, just in terms of talking about um, from defense, primos that I'll be looking at um, that have caught my eye being, you know, high f- sort of, as we always say, high floor, high ceiling, the likes of Sinclair, treated me well this year. Mm. Dawson, who I didn't have, but you had that kind of let you down yep. in the last week of the season, yep. but really looked good over the, uh, over the longer stretch of the season. Sicily, who uh, yep. ended up trading into my side, really good, speaks for himself. Stewart, uh, mainstay in defense, uh, comes down to probably the price point there, was a bit pricey at the start of this year and was coming off injury. So that kind of turned me off, but one on my radar. And Doherty also, who is back in stellar form. And um, again, as I mentioned, finished the season in style for myself with that 138. My, yeah, pretty similar to yours. I think the only difference that I have is there isn't one, I don't think. I've got Sinclair, Cecily, Stewart, Doherty, and Dawson, which is only actually five. I think there's going to be an open spot. Um, or Himmelberg, maybe I think you were mentioning. Yeah, Himmelberg. Yes, Himmelberg. I did have in there originally, but I moved him forward. I think ah. he'll be one that could play in either position. Yep. I think he'll he'll end up being an interesting one. I think I'd probably rather him forward, just because forwards tend to have a bit more flex. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think there's a there's a definite open position for that last spot because looking at the top six for the year bailey dale and and angus brayshaw actually made it so he could be mm. another one that that could continue on wouldn't be surprised but a bit of a risk yeah and, and not going back to that point uh we've been making in recent times but i made earlier as well but i'm going to be looking also at starting pod primos so much yeah. like laird um guys that you know are a primo for a reason, but they're going to set you apart from other guys that, you know, a vanilla that a lot of people will jump on. So none of those guys are obviously pods at this stage, but I think it probably comes down. You've got to factor in price point um, if there's a change of position um, for any of the guys um, or if there's someone that's like a Sicily, for example, that's all of a sudden going to play in defense as the distributor. But yeah, it's hard to say this far out, but uh, I'll be looking at that across the field. But Let's have a quick look at uh, at cash cows and yeah. uh, there's one and these are going by potential uh, mooted prices uh, as identified by the guru himself on Twitter, Bryce Mitchell. And mm. uh, one of the guys to look at or keep an eye on is Marchbank, Caleb Marchbank from My Mob at the Baggers. Um, and he has him priced at 196K with a bit of a, um, a discount there because he only played a handful yep. of games. Um, I think you've got him as well, don't you, Liam? Yep, got him as well. Yeah, I think he'll be an interesting one to consider. But also at that price point, um, it is a little bit high. 
Um, but I awkward. think with his injury risk, the fact that he's at that higher price point means that it's easier to bring him down to a, I mean, we get to look at what options there are next year. Yeah. Um, but should be able to find others. It'll be easy to drown grade him if he does get injured early on. Mm. The other player that I, I've written down here, but I mean, there's only one game sample size, but the fact that he ended up getting a spot in Brisbane's mm. team in an elimination final uh, is young Wilmot uh, of Brisbane. He's priced at 123K and he ended up scoring a 52 against the Tigs uh, as early as, as last night, actually, in the elimination final there and uh, did a couple of nice things um, for a player in his debut game, obviously yeah. held in high regard. I think he was... He was mooted to make his debut against Essendon. I think at one stage they were chatting to him post-match and he said he got injured then and then he ended up getting COVID and that set him back and he just couldn't find his way back into the side or find a way into the side for Brisbane. But yeah, he's obviously held in high regard and um, yeah, one to have a look at as a potential genuine cash cow off the bench. In terms of, uh, I will, Liam, I don't know if you, did you have anyone else different there um, that I may have missed? You know who? You know who? We'll swear we'll never see him. Will Gould. Oh, Will Gould! Of course. <laughs> Come on. Come on, horse. You've got to get him in. Oh, well, and I think he was named as on, on, the, uh, on the extended bench a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, so potentially he's not too far off. Oh, we've been saying that for how many years now? It feels like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him. We'll get him in. We'll get uh, him in. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the, uh, the breakout candidates. You could probably put gold in here. Yeah. <laughs> breakout with his debut. Um, but I've got, uh, Hayden Young, who's a guy that I've sort of had my eye on over the past yeah. couple of seasons and did very much so, uh, as a potential starter in my side, but just couldn't fit him in. Um, but he, he really did take a step in his game, step up in his game this season. He lifted his average from 77 last year mm, to 92 nice. this year. Um, and looked very, very nice and composed in defense for Frio. So he is potentially someone that I may slot in, depending on what his price point is, into my defense because you'd love to start the likes of Sinclair, Dawson, Sicily, Stewart, Doherty all at once, but there's no way you're going to be able to do it. You could probably start maybe two, three maximum, um, and then you need to look at mid-prices and, and rookies to, to fill out the rest of the spots there. So he is one for me. But uh, did you have anyone else, Liam? Yeah, I did have one. Uh, it is Mason Redman. Uh, ah. I think I spoke about him a little bit earlier in the season. You've got him listed there as well, I see. Yep. Um, it's probably more on the back of his his really strong games. So uh, if you look through across his season, it's a bit of an indifferent one, especially towards the sorry, especially at the start it was sort of no nothing truly really to write home about, but some decent scores. And then he really hit a bit of a purple patch from around round 10 where he scored his lowest score from round 10 uh, to round 20 was a 49, which was an injury affected game, got subbed out at half time, coughing up blood. Um, and then round 13 where he scored 99 um, against your mob. So he did have a pretty decent run, had some pretty high scores. He had a 176 mm. against North, a 152 against Gold Coast, Um uh, 144 against the Saints. So had a bit of a ceiling there, um, but his floor was probably his biggest issue. Um, but after that 176 against uh, North, much like Essendon, uh, he kind of fell away with 68, 63, 55. So he's probably one to watch. I think it'd be a risk. I don't know what he'll start at next season, um, but he finished it priced around the 488 and a half mark. Um, so 
interesting one to watch. I think um, probably wouldn't start him, but yeah, one one to consider depending on his price point could could be in for a bit of a bit of a more consistently consistent year. Hopefully, um, and be a bit of a breakout. Yep. No, I very much like it. Um, and he could be another one that a lot of people forget about. And when we talk about pods or primo pods, mm-hmm. he could fit that bill there um, and set you apart, get you potentially a bit of a quick jump from the get-go if you start him and he starts well. But let's move on to the midfield. And um, Liam, I think we're virtually uh, yeah, I think there's only very one similar here. here. Yeah. Um, yes, I think we do. Uh, so I have Laird, Oliver, Miller, Neil, Steele and yep. uh, Walshy. So those are my sort of top six primos. You could extend it yep. out to top eight, but I mean, at this stage, they're going to change and maybe one of those guys, two of those guys are going to drop out. Who knows? Um, with price point and uh, injury and I guess all around health heading into next year. But who's your uh, your difference there, Liam? Yeah, so I've got all the same. Uh, instead of Walsh, though, I have Callum Mills in my top mm. six. Um, hopefully he continues on with the, with the form he had this season um, where he did finish in the top eight mids. Yep, I like it. And what about players to watch, Liam? I'll let you uh, yeah. round them off because they've probably got a little bit of crossover here as well. Yeah. Uh, first one, Chad Water. Um, I think I spoke – I actually mentioned mm. him to you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He said, I reckon he is one to watch for next season. Um, just grabbing his scores quickly. Um, really – didn't yeah sort of again another player that he's in that stage of being sort of ready to break out I think obviously had some low scores around the 50s um, and 60s but really had that high ceiling as well Uh, 155 against the Dons a 148 against Fremantle 123 against uh, the Cats Um, yeah so some big scores there if he can do it in a more consistent manner I think he's he's going to be a good one to watch for next year um obviously also um managed to increase his average quite quite substantially so in 2021 his average was 68.8 he was a played a bit as a tagger as well um and then in 2022 raised that average to 96.8 so if we do go based off um of um emper's little bit of a theory mm. around taggers yes. he could be one to, to watch out for next year as a bit of a breakout option. Yeah, he's uh, he's obviously one I've got as well. Uh, other breakout candidates, um, it pains me to say this, but uh, we spoke of him earlier, Connor <laughs> Rosie. If he, yeah. uh, I think he's shown enough now. He's He got surprisingly an All-Australian jacket as well, uh, did really well in terms of that. So I think he's now stamped himself. Um, he's now taken the step, uh, <laughs> following the footsteps of another guy that um, Cornsey has said he's uh, better than in, uh, in Walshy. Both of those guys have really stepped up their games. Um, so Rosie could potentially now have 100% time in the midfield, which is something to hang your hat on. Um, and the worry about him playing forward, you know, starts to sort of slip away. Um, so he is someone that uh, is a bit of a breakout candidate for myself. Um, is there any others for you, Liam? I think we've got both got LDU here as well. Yep. He is absolutely smashing it in a side like yep. North Melbourne to perform as well as he did. Yeah, he's, he's putting his hand right up. Definitely one that I think I'll be considering next year. Um, got to look at his price point, obviously, but I quite like what he's been what he's been doing. Um, big scores as well. Big scores as well. Another one that I've got his teammate actually, Taron Thomas. Um, obviously, 
Uh, didn't, didn't go as well this year as we would have hoped. Johnny played the 10 games um, for an average of 53.7. He was actually one of those players that I think we all spoke mm. about as being potentially um, one to, yeah, one to break out. Um, especially after his year last year, he played the 21 games, averaged 84.4. I think we all thought he's going to come out um, absolutely firing because he had some big scores um, in the latter stages um, of last year as well. Um, he actually went at a 105 average for the last five games of 20, sorry, the last six games of 2021. So I think we all thought, all right, he's ready for the breakout. Obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't eventuate. I think his preseason wasn't too crash hot. Um, but I think he's one to keep an eye on for next year because he's going to be priced very, very cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I think he should get, oh, I might not get a discount because he's played 10 games. I don't know how it, exactly it works. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think he'll be priced pretty cheaply considering he did average just that 53.7. Um so one one to watch, one to watch and just see how he got performs over the over the preseason. Yeah, if yeah, he's a very good one. He's one I actually forgot about. Um but with North as a whole and these guys as well that kind of tapered off or didn't take the next step in their in their career or their game, I think now we need to factor in the Clarko effect potentially. Um, yeah. because Taron Thomas, for example, like he was in and out of the side, he was going through a few, um, issues off field and not issues, but he went through, um, I think he had a, a loss in his family and stuff and, yeah. and suffered as a result, which is totally fair enough. Um, but I also get the feeling that with their former coach Noble, that, uh, perhaps there were players that he didn't get along with, or he didn't, didn't really warm to. And it'll be interesting to see the Clarko effect as to whether or not, you know, as well well uh, documented that he's got the best out of a lot of players um, yeah. when he was at uh, in his time at Hawthorne. Could it happen again with guys like Taron Thomas? Could he bring them under his wing and uh, really help them flourish? So really like that, uh, that choice of yours, Liam. One to watch for sure. Outside of him, again, another uh, Rue, another teammate. Uh, speaks for himself, probably more of a value selection. Um, yeah. And it is Ben Cunnington. And according to Bryce Mitchell, he has him priced at 188K uh, with that uh, that 20% discount, I think it is. Um, only played the two games, I think it was, but obviously managed for minutes, um, making his return from uh, that, obviously, cancer diagnosis that he had and recovery. So uh, all the best to him, and hopefully they can continue. And uh, he recaptures his, uh, his old form because he was, yeah. he was busting up primo scores um, only a couple of seasons ago. So to get him at such a value price point will be uh, will be good for all of us, like I think, to, to really yeah. spread out our, our uh, salary cap. Yeah, definitely. Now, I did read that the discount isn't guaranteed. Apparently, they've got discretion. Um, if a player is priced, it sounds so silly, but like a player like Ben Cunnington, who obviously is down on his average across this season, I think across his, sorry, his, his years playing has a, probably a much higher average. They can apparently not include the discount if they feel like it, Damn it. it undervalues <laughs> a player too much, but even then it's yep. going to be like 200 K most likely. Yeah. So it's not like he's going to be super expensive. Um, but yeah, I, I did read that there's a potential discretion that they can have if a player, if it, if it feels like a player's being brought down for, like too low basically yeah based on their historical average across yeah. their career yeah that makes sense i guess but damn you champion data just give him the give him the price below 200k that'd be awesome but hopefully hopefully yeah he just they, they just forget about him they forget yeah. about him they're like oh yeah, yeah. ben ben cunnington yes nice welcome back there <laughs> yeah it's, it's a great yeah it's it's uh ken bunnington yes yeah. it's not, not ben cunnington 
Uh, but a couple of other guys to look at because you do need to find a bit of value. Um, yes. And if it doesn't come as much as we hope for Ben Cunnington, there are other, other guys around about that price point as well. And they're both Eagles. One is Elliot Yo. Mm. He could be priced at, according to Bryce Mitchell, 296K and Ooh. Dom Sheed at 255K. And both of those guys have been battling with injury, as we know. So they don't come without um, their own worries uh, on the injury front. But, geez, you, uh, if you're trying to... I guess, spread out your salary cap evenly across uh, each position, that will be uh, very, very welcome there. So those are a couple of other guys to keep your eye on and in mind for uh, the start of next year. But um, there's another cash cow potentially, uh, one to watch again, North Melbourne. Just This is just North Melbourne-centric uh, here. But Will Phillips <laughs> could be priced around about the 200K mark. I don't think he played many games, if any, this season. Um, no, I think he had... Glandular fever, glandular fever. And, um, COVID as well. Yeah, so he was uh, up against it, the poor fellow. I think he was yeah. previous pick three or thereabouts for North Melbourne. Um, you'd think there, you know, he, he should get games under Clarko and um, hopefully brings us nice cash generation with it. But let's move on, Liam, to the rucks. And um, I think there's only a couple of uh, rucks to look at potentially. But uh, I think we've both written down here, Gorn and Grundy speaks for itself. Yeah. With Grundy, Bryce has him predicted at a potential price point of 511K, which would be uh, welcome juicy. welcome news and very mm. juicy. Um, but for me, I think it hinges upon if Grundy is traded and also which team he lands at if he is, because that'll kind yeah. of dictate as to whether or not, you know, his scoring will be impacted. If he's playing for a premier top side and he's the number one ruck mantle, uh, you'd most definitely get him in. But... You know, I think there's whispers there that Melbourne were looking at him at one stage, which makes no sense um, because he'd be obviously up against Max Gorn. Um, if they lose Jackson to Frio, um, yeah, it's going to obviously impact Grundy there with Gorn by his side. Well, it's so. an interesting move, that one, just in general. Yeah. if Because neither of them are really known forwards. No. So it's not like, you're, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, yeah. I agree with you. Um, Gorn... And Grundy are probably the two that I'd be considering again, like every year. Um, But it will be very dependent on where Grundy ends up. If he stays at Collingwood, I think no issue there. But if he was to, if he was to go to Melbourne somehow, um, I would probably put me off Gorn as well, actually. That's very true. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's a good strategy anyway. Like if that happens, I think there will be people that they'll factor it in, but probably not to the extent that you're just talking about there and the impact that you'd, they'd both have on each other. Like people may think, oh, Gorn's played with Jackson eating into his um, into his ruck time and he's been able to score relatively, you know, all right um, with that, with him there. And they may think that with Grundy there, the same thing may happen. But I think, yeah, it's it, it just you'll, you'll uh, erase him from your side, I think, if that happens. Yeah. That's the smartest yeah. move to do. And if that happens, I think there's another guy to look at potentially that comes with an injury discount, and it is Lysett from Port Ooh, Adelaide. Yeah. Um, it comes with a 20% discount given the fact that he only played four games for the season, and he will be priced at, according to Bryce Mitchell, around about the 377K mark. So that'll be super juicy and around about the realm of uh, what Wits was priced at from a guess anyway, around about that mark from memory. So he could be a playing cash cow, and then you know you could potentially – 
trade him up to a, a Grundy yeah. or someone if they do end up scoring well. Or you could stick with him for the rest of the season and have a bit of a, a discount in your ruck, which you could then, you know, use to splurge elsewhere across the field. Yeah, I like it. Don't mind that at all. What about the forwards? Well, wait, actually, this is the line where we both – oh. I, I always feel – I I hate the forward line, to yeah, be honest. it's the worst. Like, it's, it's the last it's, yeah. chosen for me, I think, at the start when I'm choosing my yeah. team. Yeah, it's the last – and I feel like it's also the last I want to upgrade. Like, I'm always hmm. upgrading the defense or the mids, and I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'll figure out the forwards later. Yeah. Um, and then I don't want to. And I'm like, <laughs> let's just go back to upgrading defenders instead. Um, yeah, forwards. So – uh, this is also assuming some some positions are, are locked in as forward as well. I think they all should be. Yep. Uh, but I've got Bont, uh, Dunks, uh, Connor Rosie, assuming he plays as a forward, uh, Harry Himmelberg, uh, Marshall. Is it Harry? Yeah, Harry Himmelberg. Yep. Uh, Marshall and uh, Baz Lenka, I think, can lock in a forward spot, hopefully. Yeah, I am very similar to you in the fact that, yes, I've got Marshall, I've got Dunks, I've got Bont. Uh, I've also got English. I don't know if he'll maintain his DPP. Yeah. Um, but if he does, that will be handy to have, obviously, that um, ruck forward DPP. And if that's the case, I may even be tempted to to throw a Marshall into the rucks. So if I play like a Lysette and a Marshall, yeah. that'll, that'll you know alternate to those choosing a Gorn or a, or a Gaundy type um, setup. Uh, outside of English in the forward line, uh, I've also got Lieber, but I think he may lose his DPP potentially because he was playing a bulk of time in the midfield in the latter stage of the season. And then Baz Lenker, I think he should keep his forward status because he didn't play enough games on return after he re- received that um, that suspension and um, the DPP as it was. So there's a lot of dogs there, actually. <laughs> it's got Dunks, Bont, Whoa. English, Lieber, and Smith. So that's the only other concern. The top six ended up being, I think, four or five dogs. Yeah, okay. Uh, overall for this season, so I don't think it's it's not without its realms of possibility, but that is a yep. lot of dogs. It feels yeah. it feels wrong. It just feels wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, in terms of the value, I think there's there's one that um, you know speaks for himself. You've got him as well, Liam, mm-hmm. in Nat Five. Uh, he could be priced around about the 309k mark, which would be super juicy, and that's really the only time that you'll factor him in to super coach nowadays, given you know his storied injury history in recent times, as well as the fact that um, he's getting on in age, and that comes with the injury history. But yeah, yeah he's still, as we know, being playing even up forward. Uh, he can kick a bag of goals and really turn it on and, and um, recapture his old scoring ways. So it could be a very juicy discounted player to factor in. Is there anyone else you've got, uh, Liam, outside of him? I don't necessarily have him as a value option. He's probably more a breakout option. Yep. Um, and it is uh, Errol Goulden from oh, yes. the Swans. I'm assuming he's going to hold his forward status. Um, I know he's playing a little bit more on a wing, but I think he should hopefully maintain his forward status, I hope. Um, and if he does, so he went from 2021 debut season, average point, average of 76.4, which is insane for a, for a, well, not that crazy, but yeah, decent. He had some very big scores, very big scores. Mm. Um, but in 2022, he actually increased that average by just over yep. nine points, almost 10 points. So if he could do that again, that gets him up to from 85 to around 95, which could mm. have him locked in as a bit of a, a bit of a top F6. six forward. Um, hmm. yeah, forward. So 
yeah, one one to consider. I'd probably want to see a little bit more from him, um, but just, you know, hopefully there's a bit of a trend in that upwards direction. So that would be very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, let's move on quickly. Just a bit of a, a brief look at, um, you might remember, for those of you who tuned in in the preseason, we did a bit of a, a crystal ball segment, which as this is, but we projected forward and we called it, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Because we were trying to predict the top players in each line and we won't roll through all of them and bore you, but Liam, you had, uh, in terms of correct guesses, so in defense, um, the only guy that we both uh, chose correctly was Stuart, um, who ended up being in the top six defenders. Um, on average, he finished fourth yeah, overall, but yep. Yep, not on total points because he obviously got injured, but uh, on total points alone, we didn't get anyone. Um, yeah, we both like, you know, we chose Crisp, Short, Lloyd, a lot of those guys there didn't, didn't make the mark. On with the midfield, uh, we ended up both having four uh, players. So we both had Miller, McRae, Oliver, and Neil. So they probably spoke for themselves. Um, we both had Steele, who just missed the mark, I think. Uh, we both had Mitchell miss the mark there. Parrish, unfortunately, got injured, um, which derailed yeah. uh, him for your prediction. Um, and I had Bont in the midfield uh, listed there, which technically makes it because I didn't know he was going to, you know, be eligible for the DPP selection as a forward, yeah. but I'll let that one slide because I got pretty lucky there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess he's he's there in sixth spot based on average for the midfield, if you're going to count him as a midfielder. Um, but he's number one as a forward player based off average. But I also chose uh, Petrarca, um, who just scraped in. I think he was in eighth spot um, overall on total Very points. Nice. Uh, in terms of the ruck, we both went with Gaundy. Uh, as we know, Grundy got injured and Gorn ended up finishing, I think it was uh, second spot, I think it was, behind Wits. Um, so Wits just came from the clouds um, yeah. or Brad bit it, as you want to call it that. And then in the forwards, we both chose Dunkley and that was it. That was the only correct guess that we had. We both had Butters, Trelaw, Canilio, both had Taranto. Um, I had Duncan, you had Martin. Um so, yeah, there was, a, there was a few players there that missed the mark. So, uh, yeah, just looking quickly, we'll roll through the defense, midfield, ruck and forwards as to who yeah. was the actual best of 2022 in defense. Sinclair, Sisley, Doherty, Dawson, Dale and Brayshaw. You'd probably say Brayshaw is the biggest guy from the clouds there. Dale, yeah. to a lesser extent. Dawson showed good form when he was at Sydney um, and was coming off an injury, came back, did well. Doherty, just another guy from the clouds, but... Good uh, scoring history there. Sicily bounced back nicely from uh, from injury, and Sinclair is probably he's probably the biggest breakout I think, and not a lot yeah. of people, or if anyone would have would have said him. Uh, for the midfield, Neil Oliver Miller, uh, those are probably givens. McRae, that's a given. Then we had Mills, who finally had his breakout season. Um, Laird, who I think surprised a lot of people as just a genuine midfielder in Supercoach, yeah. did really well. Uh, Sinclair also makes the grade here as a DPP player and Petrarca also rounding it out. Then for the Rucks, as we mentioned, Wits and Gorn. And then for the forwards, it was Bont, Dunks, Libba, Parker, Brody and Heaney. And I think no one would have predicted Brody to be in the top six no. forwards come into the year. Like we all thought he might be a nice little cash cow. But I remember the point in the season where everyone was just like, oh, okay, he's a keeper now. 
And uh, yeah, to average over 102.4 over the course of the year, just full credit to him. And then Heaney, of course, uh, to round that out, who is our, uh, as you know, one of our favorites or non-favorites. Our favorites. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah. But it goes to show, doesn't it, Liam, that, you know, your best laid plans at the start of the year, which with our predictions, just goes to show that it doesn't quite play out the way you'd like with both of our full defensive predictions falling short. So apart mm. from Stewart, of course, but yeah, one of those things. I think that goes to show though that it's hard to look at the av- – you've got to kind of look at average to an extent mm. because you can't predict a player getting injured or, or suspended yep. for, for four weeks um, and therefore missing those points um, that they probably would have got to, to finish in that top six uh, spot or top eight spot depending on on where they were. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's round it out with our last segment, which is, of course, the group rankings and the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And uh, let's have a quick uh, look at the uh, group rankings first off. But uh, before we do, for those of you who head up any leagues, and uh, I guess you should have already, already organized a prize for, your, uh, for the person who won it. But if you haven't got on it yet, never fear, because what better way than to celebrate the win by picking up a Supercoach ring via our good friends at Supercoach Championship Rings. Head Mm. to supercoachchampion.com and check out their range. They have templates for, as you know, the upcoming Supercoach uh, BBL, um, which is on the horizon, but also templates for Fantasy, NRL Supercoach, um, or if you want to come up with your own design, uh, even for NFL, which is kicking off at the moment, season's about to begin. If you've just had a fantasy draft, Now's a good time to put in a nice little template, which you can use your own design and super impressive. Submit it to them. They'll design it and draft it, draft it up for you. So head on over to supercoachchampion.com. But speaking of champions, before I guess we get into the Supercoach Edge group rankings, one of our good friends of the show, JP, who held the Iron Throne for many weeks as the overall leader, has officially been crowned the number one ranked coach finishing 167 points clear of second place. So huge congrats to JP and should say also commiserations to the runner-ups and particularly Abdul of Abs Magic, who uh, obviously um, jumped on as a bit of a guest spot, who held on to fourth spot despite carrying a zero due to Hewitt in the final week or two. So stellar effort all round and great base to build off heading into 2023. So congratulations to all those guys in your uh, in your finishes, and especially yeah. to JP. So uh, be interested to see when we have a chat to him next. Uh, hopefully on the horizon of next season, just to see what he's done with his uh, his fifty k with his with his bounty with his with his loot with his booty. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I quite liked the the picture. I think I saw on Twitter of him taking his uh, taking his trophy home with the uh, with the seat button in the car. Gotta, <laughs> that was good. Gotta make sure that it's uh, that it's that it's protected there. Ah, uh, well done, JP. Well done. I want to. I'm going to hold up that trophy next year. I hope. Oh, with One your luck, we're coming your it. way. We're going to do it. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the to our group rankings, and for the final time, high scorer for the round 23 was Joseph with his team, Joe Boy. Joe Boy. Is it your boy? Uh, your boy. <laughs> Joe Boy. It's quite a short boy. It's not the longest. Yeah, yeah not the longest. Joe Boy. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, score of 2,629. Very, very nice there. Round rank of uh, 90 uh, and an overall rank of 6,692. And would you believe it? After holding the top mantle for five consecutive weeks, Tyler has been Stephen Bradbury at the post and overtaken by Nathan Ooh. of Western Lapdogs. 
right on the post after being just 69 points behind Tyler heading, heading into the round. He outscored him by 169 points with a huge score of 2,487, which saw him finish 21st overall. Huge congrats to you, Nathan. And your total score was 5,000. Uh, sorry, 50, 54,234, and your overall rank was obviously 21st. Very nice. I feel like it It was the other Tyler mm. from Cream Pies. He, <laughs> oh, he we can't forget like, him. He was absolutely coming home. It we was thought, cream pieing thought, it, wasn't he? He was creaming <laughs> in the competition. Cream pieing thought, the competition. <laughs> uh, we thought he was going to make it. Then all of a sudden he was out. Then yep. we were like, all right, Tyler... Tyler number two, yep. he was he was going to make it. And then out of nowhere, out of the clouds, Nathan and Western Laugh Dogs came and took him out. Well done. Well done. Great uh, great to see for you and commiserations, um, Tyler, as well. But uh, congratulations on a absolutely yes, fantastic value. season. Mm. Uh, let's have a quick run through of the winners in our Supercoach Edge Crown League for Tier 3 Patreons and um, also make mention – uh, and thank those people for, for jumping on and uh, supporting us throughout the season. So your support does mean a lot. And in the, um, I guess, grand final, uh, in the um, the big dance, minor premier, Bruce, with his team, Shuin, faced off against the second place, Brett, with his team, the Sharpshooters. And it was Bruce, who was victorious, came down to the wire by just 21 points in a hard-fought hard fought affair, scoring 2,464 to 2,443. Oh, so, Bruce, hell. he escorted himself the top prize of $200, a Supercoach Championship ring, which we spoke of just earlier, and the bragging rights, of course, that go with it. And he also earned himself a bit of a guest spot on the last episode, which is this episode. But uh, we just can't get in contact with Bruce. So if you're listening or watching us on YouTube right now, Bruce, yeah. get in contact with us because we don't have your contact details. So in order to claim all of your beauty, arr, reach out to us via Twitter or Facebook. And of course, we'll hook you up and try to have a bit of a chat to you heading into next year as well. And I guess, as we said, it's not all doom and gloom for those that fell short in yes. this cash league because we will be raffling off a piece of exclusive Supercoach Edge merch. Ooh. And Liam, I think we uh, narrowed it down to either a shirt or a hat, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. So uh, we'll make that call and uh, get it designed, get it uh, get it done up, get it made up. All the little, uh, I call them hobbits in the back room, all the little locky nails yep. in the back room, <laughs> weaving it together. <laughs> And we'll be conducting the raffle over Twitter over the next week or so. So keep a lookout across our socials and, of course, in the Discord if you are in there. And if you're not, join and uh, you will keep abreast of that. And, Liam, this is probably the most exciting part to round it out. For the Consolation Cup slash Participation Cup Grand Final. Yes. Well, Liam, we build it a class for the ages with yourself facing off against our father-in-law in Peter with his side yep. tank man 77 mm. such was the anticipation for this clash lamb this can't be understated it did in fact get a mention at all numerous times it at did. my wedding even even so much on the speeches <laughs> and a lot of people i think in the room had no idea what super coach was but they played along like good sports yeah. and they were like ooh, there was like a hush that went across the room and there were <laughs> there were many moments where across the day and night where score updates were whispered throughout the room. It traveled like wildfire. Mm. People were like, oh, my God, Liam's, Liam's hit the front. Oh, no, wait, Peter's hit the front. Oh, how, how much is he in front by? 
And Liam, can I announce who the winner is? You can. You can. It was Peter, who beat you by eight points, scoring <laughs> 2,371 to your 2,363. Huge congratulations mm. to Peter and commiserations to yourself, Liam. But I can only assume you did the noble thing and let him win to stay in, stay in his good books. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell him that. But yes, just nod or yes, nod. yes, that's exactly what I did. Yes, um, I have to admit. So um, obviously, you were with him on the on the Sunday um, when uh, at at the Carlton game. Obviously, yep. we all know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, as as big Carlton fans for both of you, um, and I went over. I was there at his at his house after that game, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna 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 get him up and about, gonna gonna tell him that he won, you know, let him let him feel a little bit of joy that he got that he got over the line. And then he, he was very very calm about it, very calm about it. He kind of was a bit coy. Yeah, I don't think he was uh, watching the match the same way that I was. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he was like, oh, did I did I did I win? Oh, interesting. Um, yes. But it was it was a good match. It was a very good match. I was glued to the way it was going, and I just gonna. It's been been a couple of weeks, so I've I've let let myself forget yeah, what, no, what actually happened again. in that game. Um, so I'm just getting up the teams to try and see what. Well, I uh, think uh, happened from memory. Walsh. I don't know if he had Walsh. Potentially, you both did. You had Owens, I think, that stood in. Yeah, oh, I had Owens in for Hewitt. And then he had Owens come in for because yeah he had Walsh as well. Did he have Cully or um, someone or one of you had? And Cully? then he had Cully. No, he had Owens step in, and then I had Cully step in for Owen, uh for for Hewitt. No, uh, for Walsh. Sorry, Walsh. Yep. Um, and then what else happened? Well, that that in itself it sounds funny, but that that there is a two point uh, difference between both those guys in favor of Owens. So mm. he had Owens, is that right? And you had yep. Kelly? Yep. So it was actually quite interesting. So we were also mm. um together on the on the Friday night and we <laughs> both had both had Lockie Neal, so that was sort of nil all. Yep. Um but we I had Oliver and he had Petrarca and and obviously they were going toe to toe all night. And I was like, Oh, I'm up. And he'd be like, Oh, I'm up. Yeah. And then at the end of it, it was obviously I was one point up. And then I actually thought, all right. I might get lucky. I had a couple of big scores. Um, Blixarves obviously killed it, 129, uh, protected for an 82. And I thought, all right, that might be what gets me over the line. Um, and then he had Connor Rosie, absolute bad man for me now. Oh. He scored 162. Tom oh, Lynch, that's it who right was projected there. for 68 after having scored like three 150s in a row or something. Yep. And he scored 132. And then that was that was it. That was me done. Pretty much from there, I and then combined with Dawson as well. Yeah, like and Dawson, missing projection yeah. for yourself. Wits as well. He scored ninety when he was projected for one hundred and five. So yeah, look, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, bit frustrating that it was only the eight points, but uh, well, well, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, and and good to good to see that he was. Sounds like he was humble. Yeah, it was very yeah. Although I must make mention when we're walking across to the <laughs> to the MCG for the Carlton Collingwood game, and we're looking at like oh okay Walsh is out and he was like doing the doing the you know configurations oh who who yeah. comes in who, who goes out, and it was like oh you know I've got the wood over Liam. He's like oh I've beat him twice over mm. the course of the season and I said oh well 
he could easily reverse that. Like history doesn't really count for much in finals, as we know, especially in a grand final. Doesn't matter that's participation, you know, plate or consolation cup, big stakes, <laughs> big stakes. But he's carried forth that uh, that form. So he has. You've got to uh, got to arrest that next year in the uh, in the yeah. league. That's good. I reckon if you if you get off to a hot start and beat him, that's going to play mind games. But mm, equally so. Equally Hopefully. so, it's playing mind games. It's it's. I think it's ignited a rivalry for the ages. That's that's the one thing. It has. Was, it has. I feel like yeah. Like I feel like there's more of a. Ironically, I feel like there's more of a rivalry between me and me and Peter than there is with me and you now because <laughs> yes. Like I'm like he's beaten me. I mean, you've beaten me quite a lot this season. Um, but he beat me the three times, and yes. a couple of them were, were were like he got me in off weeks. Um, a couple of times, and then this time. Um, I was just so close and it was, yeah, it was very frustrating, but, uh, no, it was, it was a good match. It was a good matchup. Well, Lots of fun. Yeah. To his credit, he probably would have beaten me as well in our league, super coach edge cash league, because that was the week. I think he had Bont as like his VC and he didn't take him as his captain. So I kind yeah. of like, he shot himself in the foot there and I think he had an injury Houston. It might've been. Yes. Or yep, someone. Yep. And yeah. that like worked in my, so I had a bit of good luck in my good fortune in my favor there. So, uh, otherwise he probably would have done a clean sweep on both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. So we, uh, yeah, he's, he's igniting a bit of rivalry across the board here. So, uh, mm. oh, well, congratulations. And, uh, looking forward to seeing that rivalry flourish in 2023 and beyond Liam, but that's it, Liam. That's the yeah. super coach <sighs> edge season done for another year, but never fear. We will be back for 2023. We're not going anywhere. But no. I must say a huge thank you to everyone, you know, man, beast, lady, otherwise, every single one of you for tuning in throughout the year, whether it's via our podcast or on YouTube via our vodcast, whether you've tuned in once, twice, or every week, we truly appreciate all of your support. So we wouldn't have been able to do what we do without the devotion of you guys and girls out there, our audience. So thank you very, very much, Liam. And thank you. Equally, a huge thank you goes to you, Liam, for being the uh, the goose to my maverick. Even though I just literally on my holidays, believe it or not, I'm a movie buff, but I'd never seen Top Gun in the first one. Like the I second one, yes, I will. Oh, I won't ruin it for you, but there's something happens to Goose, <laughs> and. I'm going to say that you're the goose to my maverick, but a goose that something doesn't happen to him and you oh, no. love him well. But uh, oh, no. you are the goose to my maverick. In other words, you've helped co-host or co-pilot with me every week. And not only have you found time to accommodate for the re- you know these records every week, but pouring in your expertise tirelessly, helping prepare this, the run sheet, pulling data and conducting research. So Liam, tip of the cap to you. And uh, thanks again for jumping on board and continuing with me in this crazy thing that is Supercoach Edge. No, thank you. It's uh, it's plenty of fun. It's always good chatting Supercoach. Uh, hopefully next season it'll be more fun chatting Supercoach. You know, <laughs> maybe get some wins on the board. But uh, no, it's plenty of fun. And and yeah, uh, I'm sure the Supercoach Edge community uh, appreciates all that you do for it as well. I mean, it's a lot of work that goes into it um, every week um, that I'm sure uh, is is well appreciated. I almost feel like even though we call this a podcast and a vodcast, it's almost like the equivalent of like alcohol, you know, anonymous. It's like, uh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. super coach anonymous. Like we get here, we debrief, we get stuff off our chest 
and it's almost like a therapy session. Like we just yeah. talk about the, the guys that went shit and just cleanse ourselves, cleanse our super coach souls of, uh, of all the bad, drink yeah. in the good and just, uh, and just take with it, you know, all the glory into the, into the week that follows. So yeah, uh, it's always good fun, Liam. So thank you so much. Now here at Supercoach Edge, Liam, the mm. Supercoach addiction, like I just referenced there with the uh, Supercoach Anonymous, <laughs> the addiction never stops. So likewise, any of those of you out there that uh, have an addiction like us, we're uh, also, well, I don't know about yourself, Liam, but I'm continuing on with Supercoach BBL. And I know you tried your hand at it last season, but due to COVID and whatnot, it threw things into absolute mayhem and um, kind of ruined the spectacle and the fun of it. So uh, yeah. hopefully see you are jumping on and um, having a bit of fun because it's virtually unlimited trades every week. Um, even though you don't know who you're trading in and out, it's very much like AFLW, which we've both, we're yeah, both trying which, our hands yeah. at, at the moment yeah. with the AFLW fantasy uh, from Moriera's magic, uh, good fantasy and super coach um, icon, I guess you could probably call yeah. it, yeah. set it up and uh, good fun, but very much like that. You're trading in guys or in this case, girls who you have no idea or very little knowledge about, and you're just having a bit of fun. So that's super coach BBL for you. And we'll be releasing a couple of leagues and a group to join in the weeks leading up to the BBL season kicking off and potentially a cash leave for anyone keen. So if you are keen, hit us up if you're interested and keep an eye out for that via our social channels. But uh, Liam, are you going to be jumping on? I don't know if you will, but it's up to you. Oh, oh I'm going to do it. I'll do it. I'll put my word out now. I wasn't planning on it, but you've, you've tipped me over the edge. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like it was, you didn't really interest my arm. I just, I just didn't do it. I'm really enjoying AFLW fantasy. So I think that's, what's going to get me through. It's just, it's another version. It just I don't think I'll stops. do very good in, uh, in BBL, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, don't, I literally know less about BBL than I do about, uh, than I do about AFLW players. So. Uh, no, I reckon you, you're, you, you took to AFL Supercoach like a duck to water. Yeah. Um, whilst you always in, obviously knew about uh, AFL and did obviously a bit yeah. of knowledge that big comes into it, yeah. but big difference. But much like AFLW, where we're having to do a little bit more research, you get to know the players, get to know the game a bit yeah. more. And it, it makes watching games a bit more fun. And, and BBL, during the season, there's like a game every every day virtually. So you can tune in and, uh, you know, watch the guys you've got in your team. So all good fun. But uh, I'll... I'll I'll leave it. I won't press you into it yet, Liam. No, but, no, uh, no, no. Actually, I, I did enjoy it last because it's a very different style. I did enjoy mm. it. Um, the issue was probably more the COVID issue. Like I tried to do a bit more of a set and forget, not set and forget, but just do my trades and then just kind of not think about them. And then yep. COVID was causing absolute chaos. And it's, it's such a big turnaround as well where like there's a game every day and there's yeah. like, you know, obviously with AFL, you've got like a week between um, rounds Whereas yeah. with this, it's literally like within the space of like a day. An, yeah. There's like a match and then the next day is like the start of a new round. And it's it's yeah. very it's very confusing explaining it. But uh, when you see the fixture and because there's like there's double, the double game matches. Weeks. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the thing that got me, I think, at the start. Yep. Yeah. There's a bit of strategy to it, which is good because it's uh there's a there's that element of strategy that isn't existing in AFL Supercoach. So there's you know, yeah. a whole new ball game, I think, to learn in terms of that, um, to get a leg up on players. And, you know, there's break-evens and there's price fluctuations from the very first week, very much like AFLW Fantasy. Yeah. Um, so there's elements of that which, you know, you're learning at the moment with that uh, that's, that's, that's that style of game. But 
yeah, it's it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, definitely. But uh, just, I guess, for interest's sake, Liam, where can peeps find us? Across our social channels and uh, and on YouTube. But, I mean, in preparation for for the rest of the AFL season and for Supercoach BBL, might be throwing out a few different tidbits and whatnot. Where can they yeah, find us? Yeah, definitely. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, look us up there. Um, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. you find David at, at DamienJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook and Instagram, search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. And on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe so you know when the next episode comes out. Oh, yeah. Last time for 2023. Yeah, that's it, Liam. It's, uh, oh. it's a bit sad. It's a bit of a relief as well because... We've both come back from holidays and uh, we need another holiday, like we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we're back in work mode. Um, so it's a bit of a relief now, not having to worry about break-evens, not, not having to have your week dictated by the performance of your team from week mm. to week and riding the highs and the lows. We can sit back, watch the rest of the finals, um, and then I guess start planning for next year. And before we know it, season be, 2023 will be on our doorsteps. It will be. Yep. But uh, that's it for AFL Supercoach. 2022 thanks once again for all of your support and we'll catch you again in season 2023 thanks guys thanks for the support see you soon catch you then you're still here it's over go home go 